Welcome to CTO Confessions with TC Gill. Brought to you by IT Labs. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This episode of CTO Confessions is brought to you by the one and only IT Labs, providing technology leaders with purpose-driven development teams for high-performance innovation and productivity. What more could you want? Please think of us like tech leaders' favourite off-the-shelf service, providing quality, high-performing teams off that shelf. And your host today is me, TC Gill, IT Labs' Chief Talking Officer, and I'm speaking from London, UK. And in this episode, we're talking to a tech leader that has worked in some pretty dynamic companies and now has landed in one. And landing is a great play on words for the arena our guest Amy Burr works in. Let's not delay. Let's get Amy into the space to share her enlightening stories and knowledge. Welcome, Amy. Welcome to CTO Confessions Podcast. Why, thank you. I'm very happy to be here. Brilliant. So tell the audience about yourself. Who are you and what do you do? Sure. I am currently the president of JetBlue Technology Ventures. Um, we are a wholly owned subsidiary of JetBlue Airways. So we're a venture capital arm or corporate venture capital firm. So we are tasked with um, you know, finding, partnering with, and investing in early stage tar- um, startups and travel technology. Um, we invest across the entire travel ribbon. We don't think about it just from an airline perspective or an aviation perspective. It's definitely around all of travel as as we are both, I'm sure, travelers, anything you can think of when you think of your travel and the entire journey that you take, you know, those are things we would invest in. Um, we're definitely technology focused. Um, so we're trying to, you know, find better solutions and better products for the industry through um, emerging tech and through the startup world. Um, so it's really exciting to, to, to work with so many great startups out there. There's so much interesting stuff happening. And, and this is an industry that is traditionally very, has been very old, old technology, old school technology. Um, so there's a lot of opportunities. So it's really exciting. Really? Um, I've been with, yeah. And I've been with JTV for since 2018. Um, just recently was um, promoted to president. I was previously um, managing director. <laughs> Thank you. Hi, hi. hi. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, recently, uh, before that, I was managing director of operations and partnerships. Um, our mandate is definitely to invest in startups, but a very large portion of what we do is innovation work. So we're very focused on how do we bring innovation into JetBlue, into JetBlue travel products and some partners we have? How do we help them think differently about the work that they're doing? How do we bring the startup world into these kind of older and bigger corporations? You know, that's a tricky thing and different. Mm. Um, so that's that's a, a good piece of what we do. And that was my job prior to being president. So um, we have that kind of twofold mandate. We're very strategic in nature. Um, so we are definitely focused on the innovation side. Um, I came into this from, I'm, I'm an airline industry person. I was a founder at Virgin America um, mm-hmm. back in the day, um, which was, you know, well loved before the merger um, with Alaska and, and has since merged with Alaska Airlines. So, Excellent. Uh, yeah, that's kind of my general work background <laughs> and, and, and what's that what's that journey been like because looking through your kind of track record you've got you know you've worked from great companies you've built up a lot of experience um is this somewhere is this been a kind of a planned journey or has this been uh opportunities arising you know i've always in my career i've always really taken advantage of opportunities as they arise i mean honestly going to virgin america i was employee number 20 it was before it was an actual airline wow. it was, you know i worked for virgin management in the united states you know so um and it was just you know it was a great opportunity to do something different and you know really make an, an impact you know into something new 
Um, so I took advantage of that opportunity. And through my career at Virgin America, this, this is, you know, really highlights kind of how I've come into where I am now. You know, it seemed like every time there was something new or different or a problem to solve or a department that needed some help, you know, somebody, you know, voluntold me to job. <laughs> so I, I was definitely handed a lot of really great opportunities at Virgin America. I, you know, I worked in a lot of the customer facing tech side, a lot of customer product, revenue, um, you know, products, strategy, um, just, you know, a whole bunch of e-commerce was, you know, kind of my baby for several years, wow. um, yes. you know, traditional distribution, reservation systems, all those kinds of things. I got, I got to touch a lot mm. of, of what makes an airline run, especially on the commercial side. And that just gave me the experience and the knowledge to, um, you know, to be where I am today, which is, you know, a firm that's more broad thinking, right? Um, we're looking at all aspects of travel and how can we change things through technology. Yeah. Um, and, but I've had just enough experience in all these different things to understand, you know, oh, this is a good use case. This is a real problem to solve. This is going to be really tricky. How is startup going to actually be able to do it? So I can ask those questions to have that experience. Brilliant. Um, so it was all just opportunities that came to me, you know, I, so, you know, somebody within the leadership of, of, of the organization saying, hey, we really think you should take this job. And sometimes sometimes it was tough because I'm like, I kind of like my job. Yes, <laughs> and they're yes. like, yeah, yeah, but you're gonna like this too. And you know, it's true. You know, it, you know, if you take advantage of those opportunities, and this is one of the things I try to help you know, young, people who are younger in their career think about, just take advantage of the opportunities that are offered to you because that allows you to grow as yeah. a person and as a professional. That's right. It kind of um, just reflecting on my own kind of career. I, I was a little bit too narrow, and I, th I love this idea of kind of mea meandering with a, with an intention uh, to kind of get uh, you know touch different areas and get that kind of experience and knowing and understanding uh, of different aspects of technology and and uh, and, and uh, the industry. And I'm kind of curious around the kind of e-commerce because I imagine when as the kind of um, the uh, the travel industry moved to more of a digital kind of space. I mean, that was a revolution, I guess, you know, at the time. I mean, what what was it like being in the midst of that? Was it like kind of crazy innovation storm? Was it lots of confusion? You know, it's so funny. I, I have this conversation every so often and I talk about how the airline industry really hasn't been that innovative. And then I'm like, well, when you think about it, let's yeah. see, we, uh, you know, selling, you know, selling via e-commerce sites, mobile apps, kiosks, Wi-Fi on planes, in-flight entertainment on planes. Like these things are really innovative, you know, technologies that just, you know, have been developed over the last kind of call it 20 to 30 years. And, yes. um, you know, when at Virgin America, our, we built the first um, responsive design website for an airline and it was like crazy, you know? Wow. <laughs> and now that seems so kind of basic and you, of course you do that, right? But back in the day, you know, all of these things were, were steps along the way. And um, it was exciting to, you know, build a really, really, um, you know, wonderful website, you know, website that really did what we wanted to do and amazing mobile site and then amazing mobile apps. And all of these things were really just, um, you know, um, just great products at the end. But, you know, those things are hard, you know, especially when they're they're young, you know, and they're in technology from a technology perspective, you know, nothing's ever perfect. Nothing's ever, uh, you know, you can't wait for the perfect product. It will never yeah, happen. <laughs> that's right. And, and I can imagine uh, Virgin, um, I, again, I'm building up an assumption here, yeah. but when you're in that space, they, they seem like a very agile, adaptive organization. They kind of, um, I remember uh, Richard Branson's book, you know, um, I don't know if this is going to be acceptable for the audience, but screw it, let's do it. You know, it's a yeah. great little book. And I imagine, was that the kind of culture that you had in that kind of space as you were innovating? 
Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's, you know, a great thing about working for, first of all, Richard Prince. I mean, you know, I love that book. I love, you know, losing my virginity, like all of his, his stories <laughs> about how he, how he kind of grew his, you know, his business, uh, you know, uh, can you call it an empire? Maybe. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, at this point, you know, and one of the things I really always um, admired about the Virgin brand and about the Virgin kind of, you know, just cult comes from Richard is, you know, try new things, get out there and do it. It doesn't matter if people think you can't, you know, it, it, you know, people say you can't be in this space. Well, guess what? You can, you just have to do it, you know? And so um, he is always, you know, really kind of infused that, idea into all of his companies and it was yes. a real pleasure to work for one of them um and, and definitely i mean when we first started the journey of launching virgin america people were like there's no way you can actually launch this new airline in the united states nobody will fly it you know all mm -hmm. of the things we you know very design focused very you know you know customer product focused everybody's like oh that's fine it's not going to work it's a commodity you know that those types of things aren't going to get you customers and you know what they really did and people loved it um it, but it's because he infused this like just get out there and do the things that you think will work and sometimes they won't work like there were some crazy things like we had you know there were things we were like oh this is probably never going to work and then it would yeah. um, but then there were things like oh this is a no-brainer and then it totally failed you know like, <laughs> you know it, that, that yeah. happens and that's real life and that is actually how you build a great product and right yeah. and how you how customers love you because you're iterating and you're thinking about you know you're pushing the envelope and you're like what do i want it to look like as a as a customer and and because you have that take you're producing things that everybody loves, right? <laughs> you mm, know? That's right. I, mean, I could recall looking at, for example, the website, the user experience or what have you, it always had this fresh feel to it. And I always saw them as a, a kind of breaking the mold um, in the direction where it always should have been, you know, simple, intuitive, nice on the eye. Um, and yeah, so, I mean, that's fantastic. So coming now to your current role, you know, so, you know, again, high five for, you know, becoming president, you know, I, I bet that feels great, you know, call me president. Yeah. <laughs> um, and um, and what, so what's the problem that your company is solving in the marketplace? What's its role? Our role is really to help the industry think about how to change how we do business through tech. Um, you know, a, I think I said this already, you know, this is an old school industry, you know, doing, doing things the way they've always been doing things. Um, you know, the customer facing side of it, you know, we've been talking about e-commerce and some of the, the things that have changed over the last 10 years, you know, or, or not 10 years, gosh, I'm dating myself, 20 years, call it, you know, kiosks and mobile apps and like, you know, contactless baggage drop and like all these kind of crazy things that are really kind of, you know, been innovative, but all of the back end, all the technology that drives the airline industry, especially and, and travel in general, hospitality is the same. It's it's old and clunky and, and built. It's been built a long time ago. And so, you know, our our mandate is to say, how can we help um, companies within our space think about how they might solve problems or fit, you know, or, or, or you know, fill future strategic needs in a better way through new tech and through startups that are thinking about how to use new technology. You know, there's no doubt that, you know, these, this generation of startups that is, you know, just, you know, they're, they're thinking about how do you use AI and in all of these different ways and how do you training with VR and AR and like different, you know, there's of course, big technology changes, like how, you know, changing propulsion systems and, you know, energy sources and all of those kinds of things, of course we look at as well, but, you know, just how do you, you know, 
change how you do business with new technology in an industry that's not been really traditionally very nimble. Yes, that's right. I guess in a way, um, I, maybe my perception is wrong here, but they they kind of had this big, massive burst of innovation. I mean, obviously, flight was an innovation in itself, kind of thing, yeah. and uh, and then the kind of idea of passengers uh, moving around. But um, I guess they've it's kind of worked, and it they've kind of found their status quo, and it's kind of safe, and it kind of works. So I love this idea of um, you know organizations like yourself. Uh, finding the people that want the opportunity that are going to create opportunities within the industry kind of thing, you know? Um, and, and, and and you kind of mentioned that it's not just the kind of technology, it's not just the software, it's pretty much the full spectrum end-to-end. Yeah. Wow. Yes, yes. I mean, we definitely think about the full spectrum. And in fact, you know, we, we have um, kind of a pretty broad thesis, like, you know, improving travel, across the entire travel ribbon but then we have investment themes that we focus on and you know they can be things like seamless com- seamless customer journey like how do we make it easy for people to travel you know have a car get to the airport travel through the airport fly get another car go to a destination go to a restaurant like all activities all of those things how do those things kind of work together so mm-hmm. that you actually have a, just a seamless customer journey so that's you know anything from that but all the way to the complete opposite extreme of, you know, really big forward thinking things like how do you change from a sustainability perspective, this industry and and make it cleaner, cleaner through use of hydrogen, through electric, um, you know, electrification, through, you know, next gen sustainable aviation fuel and, um, you know, kind of really, really unique and creative um, carbon offsetting programs and all of those kinds of things. So, we run the entire gamut. So some of our uh, our investments are in, you know, really forward thinking, you know, seven to 10 year out kind of disruptive technology like hydrogen. And uh, others are, you know, apps you might use tomorrow to make your trip planning better, you know? So it, there's definitely a wide spectrum of things wow. to look at, but all of those things have opportunities for improvement. You know, a lot of, you know, we've spent some, some time in the space of um, hospitality and, and how to, um, how is accommodations changing, especially with short-term rentals and that kind of whole phenomena? Like, you know, how do people don't necessarily always want to stay in a hotel. They want to stay in a house, you know, and how does that yes. change for, for consumers? Um, I, why can I pick up my iPhone and use my thumbprint to open it, but I can't do the same to prove my identity to get on a plane? Like, yeah. why, why is that, why is that complicated? Mm. Um, so, you know, just how you, how do you use, you know, identity and um, your, you know, stored identity and biometrics and, you know, those types of technologies to change how your, your journey is, you know, goes and just all kinds of, there's so many opportunities. Let me tell you, there's so yes. many opportunities. It's actually an endless amounts of really cool things that we get to yeah. look at. And so on that point, then I, I can imagine you get this flood of, you know, I can, I mean, you know, oh, yeah. I, I, I'm an entrepreneur and I've got this great idea and I've kind of, you know, throwing it at you going, look, this is the next best thing. How do you kind of filter where the opportunity is? Because because obviously you're a venture, uh, you know, capital, uh, you're, you're a venture capitalist company, uh, you're trying to make a profit, but you're also trying to marry that with kind of general direction. How do you filter? What's That must be really hard. Yeah, it is really hard. And, you know, there's definitely, um, there's so many amazing companies out there to invest in or partner with. And um, we can't do, we can't do it all, right? Obviously. Um, We do, as a, as a uh, venture firm, we do have um, a target um, 
kind of size of company that we invest in, stage of company we invest in. So we do typically earlier stage, seed and series A are kind of what we focus on. So that that filters out a lot, right? So if it's pre-seed, meaning like they're really, really, really young and they don't even have like an actual kind of minimum viable product out there, that's probably too early for us. So we, we let those guys go and we say, hey, we'll watch you and see how it goes over the next couple of years. If they're really later stage and they're, you know, pretty established and, you know, making plenty of money and a, a product that's like, you know, out there and, and they've raised a lot of funds. That's probably not for us either. So that yeah. helps us filter. And then, you know, we filter around our themes and making sure that we, you know, are kind of meeting our five investment themes. And then the next kind of filter is probably what do we think is the, the right, you know, the, the nearest term opportunity that we should be taking advantage yes. of. So, hanging fruit. you know, Yeah. And a lot of it is like, it shifts over time. So like right now, sustainability is a really big push. It's mm. a big push for JetBlue. It's a big push for the industry. So a lot of the companies we're looking at right now are in the sustainability space. You know, another area that's really been, um, that's kind of picked up focus is how do we use AI for operational improvements, especially like traditional operations? Like, you know, how do you fly the plane better and, you know, load it better and, you know, Uh, airport operations and those types of things like that is an interesting um, space that we've we've done a recent in, or we're in the process of thinking about a, a, an investment and you know those that that's a technology that is you know not necessarily new to the world but new to the industry and how can we use um, you know AI and machine learning better you know to take data that we have a ton of data and actually yes. make better decisions out of it right um, so those are types of things we look at so there's all kinds of you know near-term opportunities but then we're always on the lookout for something that's exciting and you know grabs our interest yes that's right it catches your eye and I, I imagine uh, that you know there's no guarantees in anything some of these ideas are, may work as, as you mentioned some of them you know uh, did work and the things you thought were a short bet weren't and I, i guess kind of managing that risk of opportunity as well i mean is it a case that you know organizations in you know your kind of leadership group do they do they kind of think well let's see what happens it's a there's an opportunity mm -hmm. here and, and we'll, we'll give it some uh runway <laughs> to pardon yeah. the pun you know yeah yeah and a lot of it a lot of times you know we de we definitely invest in things that you know, aren't ready for JetBlue or ready for prime time or ready for a, another travel provider. But we, we do it because we want the seat at the table. We want to learn. We want to understand. We want to watch this space closely. And so we'll do an investment to, to have that, to have that, you know, ability. Um, so that's a lot of why we do what we do. So Amy, let's talk about your leadership. How do you roll as a leader? What's your style? Yeah, I mean, I think... Okay, so I'm going to describe what I think my leadership style is. Again, if you were talking to my team, hopefully they would confirm that. Um, yes. <laughs> otherwise, I'm not sure if I've done the best job. But um, I like to be, I'm a pretty low-key leader. I, I like to be inclusive and um, I like the team to be involved. I'm not going to make all the decisions on behalf of, you know, I want to hear everybody's opinion. Um, yeah, I'm going to make the decision ultimately, but um, I want to have the most um, information I can to, do, to make good decisions. I like to let people do their jobs. Um, which gives them a lot of latitude and a lot of ability to do that. But I also want to make sure they are doing their job. Yes. But, yeah. you know, one of the things I personally hate as um, just, you know, through my career has been is when I've had a, a, a leader who's really been, you know, a real micromanager who gets involved in every single detail of the things I'm doing. And I really, really try to not do that to my team because I don't like it and I know they don't like it. Right. Mm -hmm. um, so I want them to do, you know, take responsibility for the work and, and do the 
their job, but I'm here to help them when they need it. So that's a little bit of how I think I like to lead and, and make sure that, um, you know, the team is successful in that way. I like to build people um, so that they, you know, are growing in their career. Um, one thing I hate, 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 um, <laughs> Good. is when, some, when somebody comes to me with a problem and literally no suggestion on how to solve it. That makes yes. me crazy. I'm like, okay, I get it. This is a problem. Definitely a problem. What are we going to do about that problem? And and please, please come to me with one, at least one idea. You know, and yes. maybe it's not the right idea and that's okay. Like we can iterate and think about how we're going to solve something, but um, yeah, somebody who just comes with, you know, kind of complaining with a problem with yes. literally no way of solving it makes me a little nutty. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, I think that, that would be the one thing. <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's good. And I think this is kind of common uh, theme in leadership is um, you're not there to solve the problems. You're there to facilitate it and and, uh, and add what you can. So this is a really good point for, for tech leaders and, and general leaders out there. So as a leader in the tech space, because you're involved in lots of technologies and quite a number of different areas, what's the thing that keeps you up at night, Amy? You know, um, you know, I'm pretty low key about uh, about things. I don't try. I try not to worry too much about how things are going to play out. But I think the thing that gives me, you know, makes me, I don't know, anxious. Not anxious, uh, but you know, I, that I think about is I really so want these older companies to think about how they can use this emerging tech. Like I so do want them to change the way they do business with with such great technology out there. You know, these are, you know, this is not new stuff. Like there's so much great stuff out there that it, you're not, ta you're not taking that much of a chance. I want them to want it. Um, you yes. know, and sometimes, you know, that's not always the case. And so I guess if it, you know, doesn't necessarily keep me up at night because I sleep pretty well, but, <laughs> <laughs> um, but, <laughs> but what it does, you know, what it does is it makes my job like every day I think about this, like how can we influence leaders to give it a shot? You know, I spent a lot of time talking to to leaders and to others in organizations and about how, you know, just try new things, just trial it, do a proof of concept with the startup, just do like a six week trial for no money and no IT integration. It's going to be totally easy and just see if it's going to work for you. And if it doesn't, that's okay. There's nothing mm -hmm. wrong with that. That's not a failure. That is a learning experience, yes. but just convincing people to give it a go just give it a try and it, it's not that easy it's you know even for an innovative company like JetBlue that created an entire company to do this you know they, mm. if, if arguably they out of anybody should you know be the most embracing of this type of, of a concept but it's still hard for them they've got a day job you know and yes. they're trying to they're trying to run an operation that is a tricky operation the airline industry is a really tough a tough industry and you've got to be really on top of your game and they don't have a lot of extra time and so convincing them to trial new things is is a struggle so yeah I, it doesn't keep me up at night but it does it's what I want so much for the industry that, you know, uh, you know, I do think about it a lot. Like, how can I best convince leaders within organizations to try these new things and just try new tech and, and engage with a startup and do a proof of concept mm -hmm. because they'll learn so much about how they do, how they do their jobs and That's how right. it could be. Right. Yeah. So that's probably the thing that I think about the most. Brilliant. That's great. And coming back while well, we're in the kind of leadership kind of role, 
obviously there's a big topic at the moment. Thankfully, things are going in the right direction. And we spoke around this offline a second ago, is women in leadership, especially women in tech. IT Labs are doing a, a women in tech kind of month at the moment. What's it been like being in this space and in your kind of journey as well, uh, being a, a woman in leadership? Yeah, you know, so tech can traditionally be maybe less, uh, you know, have less women in leadership roles, but and so can the airline industry. So I've kind of got a twofold, um, <laughs> double whammy here. And actually, if, if you think about it this way, the venture world, the venture capital world is still very male dominated as well. Yes. So um, I've definitely been, you know, had times in my career when I'm the only woman leader at the table or the only person in the boardroom that's not a man, you know, like those types of things have definitely um, been my experiences. But you know, I think it's getting a lot better. I think we're having a lot of the right conversations. And I, I, what I like to say is it's not about going out and just hiring, a, you know, a woman leader. It's about building the pipeline for women leaders. Like it's about taking women who are younger in their careers and building them so that they will be the next leader. You know, mm-hmm. it's about, you know, getting the right analysts and manager level and director level, you know, women kind of, you know, really um, you know, kick and butt in their jobs because those guys will be the next C-suite, um, you know, opportunity, you know, th- those will be the women leaders later. Um, I think JetBlue has been, you know, really has just been fantastic. Um, I lead JetBlue Tech Ventures, obviously. Our president, um, Joanna Garrity, is, you know, an amazing female leader. Um, we just hired our new C- uh, CTO, um, Carol Clements. Um, she's fantastic. Um, so, you know, there's definitely a lot of women in um, in our in our kind of immediate world um, in leadership roles. And I think that's fantastic. But, you know, my my goal is just to help women who are younger in their careers um, grow and develop and be ready and be ready for that leadership position and yes. put them in a position where they have that opportunity. That's right. There's a quote around this, you know, um, um, it's, it's being prepared for when luck turns up, you know, uh, yeah. it's, you're ready. You know, the luck appears and you go, do you know what? Um, that's for me. One of the topics on here, I just just kind of very briefly touch on it, is is that um, do you find that? Uh, I mean, I, I meet absolutely loads of fantastic women that are excellent at their jobs and what you, but they don't put. Sometimes they don't put themselves out there. And one of the things I teach my thirteen-year-old daughter is always ask for what you want. It seems something that you know us, uh, me, me boy, you know the boys seem to kind of ask for. Is that something that's quite common with women? in potential leadership positions. Yeah, no, I think that's actually traditionally been a real, um, you know, kind of a, a problem, so to speak, for women in, in business and, and tech and, and, and kind of leadership roles. You have to you have to be out there and ask for it. You have to show that you're ready for it. You have to say that yes. I'm the person, I can do this. You know, one of the things I tell the younger um, generation, um, female, um, you know, workers is, always take that seat at the table. You know, you, you know how it is. You go into a conference room, there's, you know, X number of seats around the table and then there's a bunch of seats in the back, right? And the younger women will take the seat in the back and mm. the younger men will take the seat at the table because they they fundamentally believe that they're right, you know, it's their right to be there. And the women tend to, you know, oh, it's okay, I'll just sit back here. I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> No, take that seat. That is your seat. You know, lean in, have that conversation, you know. Um, you know, participate, you know, make sure your voice is heard, you know, and it, and it's, it doesn't come naturally, I think, to a lot of women, um, maybe this next generation will um, prove me wrong, which will be amazing. But as, as women grow in their career, that's one of the, the that's a, a piece of advice I always give them is speak up, have your seat at the table, make your presence known, ask for the things you want, 
you know, say you're ready for that job. You know, one of the, one of the things I get one piece of, a piece of advice I give to everybody who I mentor, male, female, everybody is, you know, you don't always have to have exactly the qualifications for a job to do a job. You yes. just have to be capable of learning what you need to know. Right. Yeah. Like I have many, many times taken roles in my job, in my career where I didn't actually have the best experience for this role, but I'm very confident that no matter what, I can figure it out. I can learn. I, I know the right people to ask. I will do the, you know, put in the hard work to figure out, figure it out. Just because I didn't have these, you know, X, Y, and Z on my resume mm. when I started doesn't mean I can't do that job. And I think younger men assume that and younger women you know, assume that they have to have all that stuff, that they have to know all of these things. And you don't, you just have to be confident that you can learn and, and be committed to learning, right? You yes. go into a new job. First of all, it's always a learning experience anyway, even if you have every bit of the experience. Mm -hmm. So why not, you know, just take, you know, look at it from the perspective that I can do anything. I just have to learn the, the details. Right. Brilliant. I've got a question here around because you, you're obviously working with companies that are potentially going to grow. What's the common foundations of growth that you see in companies that they kind of need to have in place or you need to help them put in place? Yeah, you know, um, it's always an interesting um, process of working with startups as they grow. Um, you know, you start, we start with these young, really small startups that don't have a lot of process or people or all of those things that you need as you grow. And in my own experience, being you know, I, you know, I, I worked for a startup for 14 years or that became a big company. And the things that we, you know, we learned is you start out in every, it's like the hero mentality. We'll, we'll do it all. Everybody can do everything. We'll get it done. It's going to make it work. We're just going to make it work. And that's every startup. Right. <laughs> and then after, over time, you actually have to have people in place to do jobs and you have to have process in place to actually do them well. And you have to have systems that work and that talk to each other and all of those things. Right. And so you go from this, you know, hero mentality of we will just do it all to, yeah. okay, we have a job, you have a job, I have a job, they're different jobs. Like you yes. do your job, I'll do my job. Like, you know, it's just, you kind of grow in that way. So we help a lot of the startups think about that. Um, and, you know, then from a product perspective, you know, they come in with these little, you know, great ideas and, but not a lot of, you know, focus around it or, or development around it. And, and we help them think about how to best place it in the marketplace and best, you know, like some of the things they need to think about in order to make it work, you know? So we do a lot of work with the, our startups on, that type of stuff. <laughs> Brilliant. I think that's great advice. Yeah. It, yeah. It, I guess you kind of see these kind of stumbling blocks again and again, and it's good to hear yeah. that that's one of them. And I'm curious around how much of the culture of, you know, Virgin America and that kind of startup culture you had is still kind of playing out in your leadership and, and, the, and the culture yeah. that you're instilling. Well, I mean, I think, I think the biggest thing I get from that is I know what it's like for these startups. Like I get it, you know, I get it when you're short on cash or, you've hit a really big uh, block, you know, roadblock and you can't go any further until it's resolved. And like, I mean, we had, you know, at Virgin America getting certified through the government at the, in the U S like there was a long delay. And there were, I remember there was a, like a summer where it was like, I don't even know why we're working on this stuff right now, because, wow. you know, you, you're trying to do all of the things to be ready to launch the airline and you're at this roadblock and it's going to be months before it's resolved. And so, you know, that's really hard. You know, it's hard from a mental, you know, kind of cultural perspective for a company to like break through. Um, so I get it. I understand all this. I can help our startups kind of think that through. Um, I you know, can empathize with them because I've been there. Um, JetBlue and Virgin America 
in, from a culture perspective are very similar. Um, so coming from Virgin America and then having taking a job within Jet, the JetBlue family feels very similar. They have a lot of a lot of similarities just from the, how they think about the world and you know, even values, you know, the values, the corporate values are, are very similar. So mm-hmm. it's been a really nice transition for me. Brilliant. I love it. So as we come towards the closing arc of the podcast, unfortunately, yeah. um, I've got some really nice warm questions to ask you. One of the things I'm always curious around, you know, what were the kind of things in your journey towards and the, your leadership and uh, beyond that have been really instrumental? Any gateway books that you read, any films that you've seen, any TED Talks or whatever, is there anything you can recommend to aspiring leaders out there? Well, I mean, my, you know, we talked earlier a little bit about um, Richard Branson's books of, um, you know, and I mean, screw it, let's do it is, is a great book. And it yes. really does kind of get you into that mindset. For, for this particular role um, that I'm in, I recently read Bad Blood, which is the Theranos story. And it's an interesting read for somebody who's immersed in the startup world, especially on the venture side, because it's a cautionary tale, right? It's, you know, a company that seems on the up and up and seems amazing, but is really, you know, it, there's nothing there. Uh, and we all worry about that. You know, we're investing in these startups and we're like, uh, you know, yes, you just don't absolutely. know. You don't know how it's going to play out. So that was a really, um, you know, anybody who's in um, the venture world, especially, or the startup world should read that story. Brilliant. <laughs> it's amazing. It. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to add that to my reading list, actually, because that sounds quite intriguing. And, uh, and oh, not, very yes. interesting. Very yes. interesting book. And, <laughs> And I'm going to pretend to be a, a tech genie for a second, okay? I've kind of turned blue, I've got a pigtail, and I'm going to offer you a wish for your tech leadership and the space that you're operating in. Um, what wish would you make? I would wish that everybody would be excited um, about trialing new things. I, I talked about that for a little bit, about that's kind of my worry is that how do you get, how do you, how do you get those corporations, those people who are just doing their job every day to like get excited about startups and get excited about emerging tech and try some new cool things. So I wish, I wish that I could solve that and everybody wants to do it and I'm oversubscribed and I, I can barely help them. You know? yeah. That would be amazing. Yes. But then other than that, I'm just always, I'm always wish, you know, wishful for like really cool companies to come along with great deals that we can make and just really make an impact in, in kind of the travel tech world. So as we come towards the end of the podcast, Amy, what's the key takeaway they look to leave the leaders, the men and women leaders out there, the tech leaders, the leaders of organizations and startups? Um, you know, that's a pretty, that's a, that's a pretty broad, um, there's lots of things I would, I would, you know, lots of bits of advice, but, you know, I think that, um, you know, every day, just be excited about your job and be excited about the company you're building. And if you're not, then maybe there's, maybe you should, you know, there, maybe there's another spot for you. Um, you know, I, I, I definitely am not the person who's like, you know, the, the saying of, you know, if you love what you do, you'll never work a day in your life. Okay. It's still work people. Yes. <laughs> I could go paddleboard instead and that would be more fun. But, <laughs> you know, I, I hope that, you know, people enjoy, you know, this is a large portion of your life and it's something that you should be excited about. And I love my job and I love the work we're doing. And, you know, yes, it's still my job, but you know what, if this is the, you know, if, if I have to, if I have to work, I hope it's this, you know? So I, I want everybody to get excited about their job and get excited about their company and their corporation and their industry and all of those things. And, um, you know, and then put your, put your all into it, um, for as long as you want to do it. And then if you, you know, if it's not for you, then then move on and find something that is and, 
there is always something else out there. Um, you know, so I guess that's it. Brilliant. That's great. <laughs> simple from that perspective. <laughs> that's great. And, and what I love, Amy, what you said there, it's a great note to finish on, is that you love your job. And I love hearing when people say that. Yeah, yeah. So that's thank great. you very much, Amy. It's been great having you on. Well, thank you so much for having me. This has been really fun. Brilliant. Thank you. Well, that was a great conversation with Amy. I loved hearing about her career travels through to her tech leadership journey and to where she is now. And to that point, the job that she has now, listening to all those startups with innovation-dripping approaches to making travel industry better for all involved, from passengers and all the way to operators. What a wonderful job that must be. So what were your key takeaways? These were mine. My first key takeaway is about the mindset of the leader and how that infuses into the organisation. Amy's description of while working at Virgin America, the agile, screw it, let's do it mindset that Richard Branson had sounded fun and exciting and very dynamic. And now that's one that is infused into JetBlue. My second key takeaway is one that I have fallen foul of as well. When coming to somebody with a problem, always bring the gift of a solution. Amy's retort to problems being presented without any option of a solution is a valid one. Be a leader and always bring a gift of a solution. My third and final key takeaway isn't actually a takeaway for me, it's for my daughter and nieces. If we want to get more women leaders into leadership, we encourage you to ask for what you want. Learn to step into the space with a request. I see this changing in industry, but I'd like to add some accelerant to the evolution of equal opportunities and get an agenda imbalance put right. So, thank you for your time, Amy. I loved our conversation on and offline. May your leadership and your efforts of your team bring about more ideas being tried and tested with the big players in the market and to carry those ideas all the way through to adoption. I'm working hard to make that tech genie wish that you asked for to come true. And I think it's working. Thank you, Amy. And finally... Remember to subscribe to CTO Confessions podcast and IT Labs newsletter where you get regular tech articles and invites to the IT Labs webinar series. URLs for this can be found at the bottom of this page. We are consistently creating material to create, nurture and support a community of tech leaders. And of course, if you want to know more about IT Labs services, including our Teams as a Service service, please don't hesitate to get in touch. As mentioned in the intro, please think of us like tech leaders' favourite off-the-shelf service, providing agility, high-performing teams off that shelf with a wide breadth of skill and knowledge. Well, that's all, folks. Look after each other and keep safe. Wishing you all a good day or evening, wherever you are in the world, from all of us here at IT Labs. Live long, live well and prosper. Until we meet again on the next CTO Confessions podcast.